We're literally debating that it's bad that people get to say what they think. Can you imagine? I'm reading Psalm 144 and it says, He trains my hands for war. We are on the brink of total destruction of America as we know it. Let your rebel flag fly. Welcome back to the program. Big Dave, you thought it was bad when I ate during the show. <laughs> Holy moly in the morning. <laughs> Sounds like an airplane's in the studio. <laughs> no, it's an espresso. We gotta have an espresso in here. I, I think I... She's working on it. I'm She's pushing all hard. these buttons. Don't worry about Echo's sky. Dave, you, you allow, you allow them to eat running. in the studio, Dave? No, they frown upon it. Yeah. Yes, because mostly because I smack a lot and chew while I'm talking into the microphone, and I didn't really get grossed out until I realized I might like be shooting little pieces of peanut onto the microphone. Yeah, so they, they used to give me a foam, a foam one, so I could, could wash it. Well, the real danger is, is spilling into the board or um, the well, equipment. Well, that's, that's in the other room. They don't okay. let me near any of okay. the real okay. equipment. I've we got can clean the mic. A giant, a giant table of. And uh, but then it makes you have to burp and all yeah. kinds. Of, and they're like, it's just not good. And bad things can I happen. Said, Look, I'm not a professional radio person. I'm visiting with y'all over a cup of coffee and maybe a donut or two or three or. Oh my Lord, Allison! <laughs> I still get the blinking red. I can't. She can't if run the coffee maker. If anybody has an espresso machine, can you tell me what the two? Blinking lights mean and how to fix it. Scott, if he doesn't have it means stop. Red means stop. Red means stop. No, don't forget the phone lines are open for y'all. If Texas, Texas sunshine, sunshine. I was going to say Texas sky. I don't know. Texas sunshine. sunshine. I couldn't get to you quick enough. Texas sunshine. So if you will call back, we'll put you uh, put you high on the list. But let's get to these phone calls. Charles Hollis, welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. I hope you're well this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm not going to comment on something in another city. Okay. But Does Daveville count as another city? That's like, just I, like down the road. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Charles. Okay. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. you. Uh, I live in Montgomery, Alabama. I always have. I'm a Negro. I'm not an African-American. Now, these elected officials, I'm talking about the Negro elected officials here in the city of Montgomery, Alabama, they should have a report, a listing of what does Charles Hollis as a Negro male do or does every day. Is he productive for the city? Is he not productive for the city? What does he do? See, they... As Negroes in leadership position, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. They wear brown shoes and have them telephones. That's all they do. Until something is done by the Negro male, you're going to continue to see mess. Like what happened in the other Bayfield, Alabama. Charles, yes, sir, go ahead. I, I, just, I have a question. Yes, sir. What needs to be done? I mean, here, here's the honest truth. God, my bum, I can't believe that I'm saying these things. The white Man. community is terrified, not not of the violence. Black, the They're terrified to even terrified. ask questions, Charles. 
ahead. I'm just saying they're they're terrified to even ask questions. They won't comment. They don't want to say, "Hey, is this about? Is this a lack of fathers? Is it a lack of? Is it is it cultural? Is it, have we have we lost control in certain places? Have we have we um, glamorized gang culture to the point that people want to be gang like? I mean, we need help from folks like you, Charles, to 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 lead the way because. Frankly, white society is paralyzed because they're they're too terrified to ask a question or comment. Retaliation. What do you mean? Retaliation. Look, you have Duke Cawley shows. You have Jason Cawley shows. They're mm-hmm. not going to tell the truth. See, you said it's a lack of father. Father is what? Father and a child. Right. You have many fathers out there. Hey, hey, let, let, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Okay. Donald Watkins is a father, but he ain't no husband. Right, you see, you're starting see, to sound like the old uh, Rush right Limbaugh now. who said there are a lot of sperm donors, but not yeah, a lot of fathers. That's, that's, see, in the city of Montgomery, Alabama, the Negro family is torn apart. Hmm. They know, huh? They're not going to say that. They're not going to say, if you got Negro on Negro crime, what's causing the problem? What's causing the problem? It's it's the Negro themselves, ourselves. But that's what it is. They're not going to say it. They're not going to say it. You you go down the list of the elected officials of Negroism here in Montgomery, Alabama, Mm. Or just fathers, or just mothers. Supposed to be a husband and a wife. That's where it's supposed to be. So, if you were in Montgomery, what would you be doing? Well, I'm, I'm talking to y'all and getting ready to go to work. Yeah. No, I mean, if you were a legislator, if you, you know, if you could I, I'd wave a wand. Just, if I'd probably be just like they are, doing nothing. Ma'am, look here. Once again, the Negro family is tore up. Up there at 820 Hill Street, Thomas Jordan says this. He sits high, but he looks low. And the wrath of the Lord is his who? The just as well as what? The unjust. God is not pleased. He's not pleased with the breakup of the family. Ain't no way in the world he's pleased with that. Oh, I'm a Christian. I speak up for black folks. But the person you got a child with lives where? Over there. You live where? Over here. That, that's, that, that's not right. So that's we're not, not right. going to legislate our way out of this. No. 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 The that's a hard family issue. Won't be water. It'll be fine. Next time. Mm. E-I-B. Trump. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. I appreciate you, brother. That's a good call. That's a call people should listen to. Uh, and um, like I said, Allison, the white community isn't going to deal with it at all because they're terrified, terrified to say anything about what's going on. And leadership from other quarters will just ignore it because it doesn't get people. Welcome back into the program, Alabama Unfiltered Radio with Scott Beeson, Amy Beth Shaver. 
Sky Mosley. We are here. Let's get to your phone calls, and I appreciate your patience out there. I know we're, we're taking up a little bit of what we did yesterday, but it's absolutely in the news, and it's important. There are a number of stories out there. Um, I say a number. American Thinker had one saying what we said yesterday, which is um, black lives only matter if they're taken by a white person. Mm. Black lives that are taken by other black folks, those don't matter. They're not really even newsworthy. You can't get a more newsworthy, this is the kind of thing the news loves, than what happened in Dadeville, Alabama. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about mass casualties. And, eh, whatever. Yesterday, CNN's, one of their main stories was one young black teenager who showed up at a guy's house, supposedly to pick up brothers and sisters, got shot, didn't die. That was their big violent story. And then on down, you find Dadeville. But Dadeville doesn't kind of fit the whole, you know, the narrative. Right. And you're just like, really, don't, everybody's lives matter. All lives matter. It doesn't matter how the violence takes someone's lives. We need to talk about the violence. That's right. And people are doing it, the evil hearts of people. So let's go out to Doug. Doug wants to talk about the Dadeville shooting. Doug, welcome to the program. Thank you for listening. And uh, I'm very thankful for your patience. <laughs> yeah, I normally don't. I've started to dump you about 10 minutes ago. Uh, but no, seriously, you proved yesterday, Scott, that I don't know who suggested it. Maybe you just came up with it. The title of your show, it was totally unfiltered yesterday because you had the courage to tell us that the reason why, well, it may have something to do with all of them were juveniles, but they could at least say that it was black on black. But no, they're not going to say that. And you just said it, how ironic that uh, some unlucky 16-year-old black male knocked on the wrong door. Now, I don't answer my door by firing a pistol. I answer the door with my pistol, but I don't just automatically go pop, pop. So I'm yes, not sir. defending the white homeowner. But how dare the media make sure that they let us know that the homeowner was white and the victim was an African-American 16-year-old, but yet they won't say that all of those murders and the tragedy in Dayville was black on black. And Charles Hollis, man, I tell you what, I am just so glad that I'm hoping that every minute of y'all's program is recorded because that Charles Hollis call yesterday was golden. It was spot on. It really was, Doug. And, and here's the thing we try to get to on the show, and I appreciate what you're saying. Thank you very much. I'm glad you were patient. Is that... If we don't start discussing the truth, and that's what this show is about, and that, and that's why we're open to callers, callers who believe differently. I mean, there are times I know that uh, I would prefer that it be very, very rare um, that I'm wrong about something. But we can have those discussions. And if someone calls me and says, hey, well, think about this, I, I think I'm pretty good at going, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't think about that. But, it, but if we can't be truthful with each other and the mainstream media won't tell us the truth how are we ever going to get to the to the root of these problems if they won't even let us know what's happening yeah and uh i 
I totally agree that it was the uh, the federal government that ruined the black family because I've read statistics. I had a job in a former life for eight years. I managed a fatherhood program. I worked for a nonprofit in the River Region. That's about as far as I'll go with the details. Yes, sir. And I loved so much working with non-custodial fathers uh, and trying to tell them that they needed to be in their kids' lives. They needed to try to, you know, some kind of way connect with the mother and support the children. But I just, I don't, I mean, I'm kind of skipping around here a minute. But, Scott, if you'll dig deep enough in the 70s, the divorce rate among black couples and white couples, the divorce rate in the African-American community was lower than the whites. Yeah, I've seen that. Now. I don't remember which decade, but I've seen that there was a point in time where it was I, lower. And um, it may have been it may have been the sixties. I'm not positive. Yes, right. But once and then upon the, a time, uh, yeah, then they the really, black divorce rate went way, way up. Well, it didn't have to go way up because they just quit getting married. Um, but now, if you'll look at the stats, the white community divorce rate and fatherless children is reflective of where it was couple of uh, decades ago in the black community so it's this war on the family is affecting everybody well scott what really frustrates me and i'll let you go so you can take another caller is i do not understand why it makes me racist when i want to talk about what can the community as a whole it doesn't matter if your skin is green what can we do to reduce the black-on-black crime? But that makes me a racist if I say that, and it just frustrates me. It, it is, Doug. It, it does me, too. And if you look at the the strategies that the left, and I hate to say it all the time, but it is the truth. You, truth. you look at the strategy of the left, which is to destroy the family, destroy communities, cause chaos, um, create a society where people are like please please somebody get take over get in stop the violence stop the insanity and then the government comes along and says okay fine we'll do it for you and anytime you're bringing this up or i'm bringing it up or abs is bringing it up they will immediately scream racism so that we just stop what we're saying go back to our corner and we, and we don't stop their overall master plan, which is chaos, so they can come and fix it later. So they just used, I don't think they even really think, Doug, that, that we're racist. They just know if they scream racist, mm -hmm. um, something bad is liable to happen, or we'll just go away and shut up. I, I agree, because our, our words and our actions and the way we live our lives prove that we aren't so i think you're totally right about that they scream it but i don't think they believe it they just want the government they they want to bring the entire country down to a level to where everybody's baby daddy is the federal government i just want to thank you for having the courage of saying what you said yesterday and it was totally backed up by a he calls himself a negro 
He doesn't even acknowledge that he's African-American. I love that call that Charles made, and I appreciate you taking my call. Doug, I appreciate you, brother. Call back anytime. Have a great day. Have you seen the mother that was testifying in Congress this week? Mm -mm. Um, Her son was murdered in New York City, and they were talking about what happened. And she refuses to play along with that narrative. It was, it seemed to be black-on-black crime, a ready-made case, right. uh, vicious murder. Go and watch it um, because it's another example that the Democrats were trying to interrupt her and not allow her to say her piece. And she said, this is why I walked away from the Democrats. And it's an amazing, she is a powerful, grief-stricken mother who spoke the truth. But it's very true that if it is black on black and it doesn't meet the narrative, then it doesn't exist. That's pathetic. It's sad. It really is. We're here, you know, we're just standing up for for people. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. We'll be back. Appreciate your patience. Let's get back to Duke. I was asking, Duke, I appreciate you hanging over too, buddy. Yes, sir. So I was asking the question, um, just wanting to know, why is it not okay for white people to discuss stuff in the black community if everybody's just trying to treat everybody the same. I, I feel like it kind of segregates that's not us. What I, that's, not, that's, not, that's not what I said, and that's not where I'm going with that, sir. Okay, uh, good. No, that's, that's fine. That I'm is, trying to understand. What, where I was going with that is listen to the show thus far uh, from yesterday up until today. Uh, the white guys that come on here kind of pick up where Charles was basically saying made one little comment about the black male what he uh he is not doing in the family which is true okay but they paint this broad picture on the throw charles a parade because charles talked about the black male but he's right. forgotten about all the other things which included you know the civil rights movement and all the things that blacks had to go through throughout the history but the point i was making is that this, this guy that before me, Doug, came on, kind of talking for black people, saying that we need to act this way, that way, or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and blah, 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 kind of thing. But the thing is, uh, listen to a black person from his perspective. I can't speak for white people. I can't tell you all about the, the ins and outs of your way of thinking, okay? You know, I was blessed to be raised in a family that I had mom and dad in the house, okay? And yeah. there was seven of us. We was raised poorly. We raised our own food, raised on a farm kind of thing, but worked in factories, all that, all those kind of things, and we had a good life. But throughout those years, I experienced racism, all those things. But mm-hmm. for some of these white guys to come on here and say that you know, we need to. I guess. Well, let, let me ask, let me ask you this, Duke. Yeah, no, I kind of, I kind of follow where you're going, and let me ask you this though: the, the things that that some of these white guys say about, you know, maybe we ought to act right, maybe we ought not do these things, or whatever. Would would it be okay for a a black person? A black man to come on the show and say the exact same words, that would be okay? Okay, I heard Charles yesterday. I met Charles. He's a good dude. 
And yeah, I yeah. got many. I got many. I got many uh, friends that are Republican. Right. That are Republicans and, and so-called conservatives. I got all of that. Mm-hmm. But these guys here kind of coming on saying that, uh, you know, that it's all the black male fault. That's what I'm hearing from most of these cats coming on here. Okay? Right. I raised my child. My family you raised did. all of us. My you friends did. raised theirs. My yes. friends I know don't live in the project. I know people who live in the projects. Okay. I've been in the projects before, done jobs and things like that. There are places I don't go as a black man, okay? okay. Don't make it seem like white folks are only one spooked about certain places they go. I'm spooked as well. I'm spooked when I go to certain places where rednecks are, when too many of those are hanging around. You and I have said the exact same sentences. That's right. That what now? I know you're saying exactly what I said just 10 minutes ago. Absolutely. I'm with you. Preach on. So, so, but for some of these cats to come on here and, and talk, half talk about race, let's talk about it all. See, they want, they don't want me to come on here a lot of times talk about race because I'm hitting the white guy. Yes, white people been rotting his head throughout the history. You I, know they've been rotten. Duke, but you do have to admit that a, a big percentage of the crime and the violent crime that we are seeing in the United States is perpetrated by young black males. Yes, and we know that. But right. So, the, so the question is, what are we going to do about it? Because if if you go out and say the things that that may ought to be fixed, I should be able to say, you know what? I agree with Duke. I'm saying the same thing Duke is saying, and I shouldn't get in trouble for saying what you're saying just because. I have less melanin in my skin. Here's how we can fix it, though. My white American citizens and friends and, and, and sisters and brothers need to stop running from the problem. We're running from the school system, leaving all black kids behind. Okay? You're running to the west, east side of town, moving your business to the east side, leaving all the black folks behind. But guess mm-hmm. what? The criminals are going to find you there, too. They're going to find the schools. They're going to find the shopping centers. Well, but, hey, gonna dude, we're going to we're gonna have to go in a second, but let's see if we can agree on something. If you and I together, the white conservatives, folks in the black community, if we can wrestle policy control away from the white liberals, hmm. then maybe we'll fix the problem. The lying conservatives... And Republicans, put them in the loop, too. Don't, don't come in here. No, plain old rhino Republicans. I'm talking about real conservatives, God-fearing, patriotic, traditional value conservatives. If we could get them and the black community together, we might wrestle control away from the white liberals, and then maybe we can all have safer neighborhoods and better schools. Okay, take off the title from all the, all the uh, politicians. Let's deal okay with all with that the politicians. Too. Let's do away with all the politicians and start over. Well, I'd be all right with that. that. But, you know, if you and I were in charge, we'd be politicians, too, and then everybody would dislike us. But but before I leave, yeah, some people going to call in and say, I'm this liberal cat. No, I don't claim any of these parties. I'm an independent kind of cat, okay? I got so, you. But I do. Wanna, appreciate you, you buddy. Hey, in, great please, call, please man. call Keep- in and talk about all of it. About how rotten white folks have been, like hell. You know that. We've had some of those too. You got it. Thanks, Duke. Thanks, Duke. Appreciate you. Good call. Charlie, Sweet D, Eric, 
Man, and we'll get to you right after this. Scott Beeson, Amy Beth Shaver is with us. Guy's here as well. I think we're having a Rams radio segment. I think we are. The raggedy uh, multitudes segments <laughs> as the elites talk about all of us. Hey, this is one of the things that professional radio hosts don't do. But if you're on hold, I know you're having to be patient, but I'm going to get to you as quick as I possibly can. But this is one of the most fascinating discussions I've had in a long time on radio. So if you've got something to say, we definitely want to hear from you. So we're going we're gonna to get to you. So just hold up. Do something else. Pretend like you're on hold trying to get something fixed with the cable company. How's that? Or you got a question about your insurance. You know, you'll sit on hold forever. Do like that commercial does and dance around the living room or whatever. That's right. And, and wait on us. Let's go to Charlie. Charlie, welcome to the program. Thank you for listening. Hey, Scott. Hey, Charlie. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, man. You know, you, uh, it, it's amazing how when uh, Duke is on and then I'm on after him. <laughs> but, I mean, this. This guy, Mel so he talks about he talks about the white guys throwing down on the black guys, and then he turns around and he does the same thing to the white guys. But you know, I want to tell y'all what happened yesterday in the big city of Millbrook, Alabama. Uh, my wife went up to the Walmart to do some shopping, and there was a let's say. There was a black guy. I'm just going to be honest. There was a black guy in there just ranting and raving and cussing people and telling folks that he was in a, uh, uh, he was in a, uh, gang rage and that, but nobody better not touch him. He had so many people freaked out that they were moving to the other side of the store to get away from him, and people were leaving the store. They called in security. He stood there and told, they better, he told them, he said, you better not touch me. You better not touch me. You'll wish you had, you know, uh, had not touched me. And uh, she said it was nerve-wracking. And before they, they, you know, she said she didn't know if they called the police or not, but they got him out of the store before the uh, the cops showed up. But that is a prime example of how individuals will form an opinion of someone by the actions that they do. Hmm. And, you know, that's what this has come to. You hate to say this, but, you know, I, I knew Miss Johnny Carr. And years ago, I was doing some business for her in her home and I noticed that on her front porch all of her chairs were chained down to the post on her front porch all of the windows of her house had security bars around the house and I asked Miss Carr I said Miss Carr do you feel threatened and she said well she said Charlie, uh, the older generation here in, well, it was in West Montgomery, uh, they do feel threatened. She said, because in the evening times, we've got these young people just coming through our yards. And if something is not secured on our premises, they'll steal it. They will take it. 
And, you know, I felt, I really felt for this lady because in her home with all the bars on the windows and the doors and everything, it was just like she was in a jail cell, locked in, you know. And Duke has got to understand that 90% of the people, and I know there's crazy white people out there too, but when you see these folks on the news or that have committed crimes and stuff, I hate to say it, but a majority of them are black-on-black crime, black guys killing other black guys. And it's a terrible, terrible situation. But that actually happened yesterday in the in the Walmart in uh, in Millbrook, and my wife said that she just got very nervous. She moved as quick as she could to the other side of the store because she did not know what might take place in that store. That, that's fair, Charlie. Well, I appreciate it, buddy. Be worried. You think it happened? That's true. Gotcha. Thanks, Charlie. Appreciate you. Let's move on. And, and that's something that we talked about kind of during the break is, you know, there, there's a reason people have certain fears, concerns, and worries. And oftentimes they get those from experiences. That's right. Or what they see. And um, is that fair to the next individual? Probably not. But there's a reason people think some of these things and it's not all quote unquote racism it's really hard when we can't bear to look at ourselves it's a lot easier to look at other people but when but watch what people do when they feel unsafe right and chaining things down and feeling like a prisoner in your home feels frightening to say it out loud but that's that was her life. That was reality. Right. And Johnny Carr was one of the bus boycott ladies yes. from Montgomery and took over one of the associations after uh, mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Jr. Right. was was uh, was killed. And um, and you would think, well, you're, I'm, I'm pretty sure that her goal or hope was not to, I want to live in a society where I've got to chain down the chairs on my front porch and live behind bars. That's I don't, right. I don't think that was the dream. Of, of I have a dream. So we, we, we've dropped the ball somewhere. We have. We want high expectations for everybody. Correct. Period. Correct. That's all. It's really that simple. And if we operate like that and is one race mm-hmm. and not allow this, well, black people do this or white people do this, how about people? I'm for that. Let's go on to Sweet D. Sweet D, welcome to the program. Thank you for listening. Hello. Who are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Good. So I was just calling about this whole racist thing. Yes, ma'am. Um, you know how they have those school shootings, and it's usually a white person. You mean like the the, the crazy serial killer? I mean, because I've always said, look, if, if you find out somebody did a serial killer kind of thing that they're going to make a movie about. It was a white person. I don't know why we have a propensity for, you know, if somebody's killed people and put them in a refrigerator, it's a white guy. So right. I'm with you on that. Okay, so this is my point. Okay. Uh, that's probably about 10 to 15% of the white population that does that. And it's, again, about 10 or 15% of the black population that does all of this terrible stuff. 
but the empty wagon makes the most noise and they get the most attention. And that's what the problem is. I mean, if every black person was the way that these people are, you couldn't live in the country. We'd all be out shooting and killing everybody. So we're not all terrible, but the 15% that is terrible is totally terrible. And there are just so many reasons for it. There's social media. People do not have the incentive to do anything on their own. The government has ruined it for black people that are poor. Black people that are middle class and more than middle class, they don't have these problems. It's the poor people that the government ruined. I mean, I worked at Montgomery Housing. It's just ridiculous how these social programs have just killed black people, the ones that are lazy. And yes, some of us are lazy, but 85% of us get up in the morning and go to work. That's but the exactly people right. think that's lazy and know how to work the system. And when I say they know how to work the system, they get about $60,000 in free stuff every year. Why would you work? And I your don't. kids see that and they they just do whatever. The parents do not care about their kids. They had them when they were 12 and 13 years old. Nobody raised them. They're not raising their kids. And their kids are not going to raise their kids. And that's just the bottom line. But 85% of us raise our kids right. Trust me, if we didn't, it'd be more chaos in the white neighborhood. We just do it in our own neighborhood because we don't even want to stray from there. And when I say we, I don't mean me because I live on 60 acres in the country. I don't Absolutely. see anybody. Okay? Sweet D, that so is a fantastic the call. The, the, the break is coming up. They don't move from the black neighborhood. We'll, we'll carry you over if we need to. Black. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. We'll be back. We are back. Alabama Unfiltered Radio, the one place uh, where we have conversations that you will not hear anywhere else. And, uh, you know, they could censor us tomorrow and not be back. But we appreciate what we're doing. We appreciate our callers. Sweet D, thank you so much for staying over. I know that long break might have... Uh, wound you down a little bit, but uh, I wanted you to be able to finish your thoughts. The last I heard was you have like 60 acres, and I don't know why you haven't invited me to the farm. That's that's my main question. <laughs> because the goats will get on top of your car, and then you'll try to sue me. Don't no, no, worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any baby goats, the little pygmy goats, the real cute goats that like, yeah. you know. Oh, my wife would love that. She doesn't want us to have a dog. But she wants goats. I want goats. You want goats, too? I truly want goats. Little baby cute well, goats. Well, let me Little tell you what I do with the goats real quick. Okay. I have some African friends in Atlanta, so I don't know what they do with them, but they always ask me to bring them baby goats, so I get somebody to tie two of them up, and I put them in my trunk, mm-hmm. and I drive them to Atlanta. <laughs> and they Did you say so truck or trunk? I probably shouldn't clarify that. I'm just going to leave it. What I was going to say is that I think that, um, dang it, what's that guy's name that everybody's upset about? The black guy? Duke. 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 And Charles Holla started it yesterday. Okay, I know Charles. I don't know Duke, Mm -hmm. but I do know Charles. So um, I think that Duke is probably just a little bit offended because when the people are calling in, and I'll just say white men, when they call in, it's like they have a little vitriol about what they're saying about black people, and they make it sound like it's very broad and encompassing all the black people. And I think that's why his delivery um, 
you know, he takes offense to that, which I do too, but I understand, you know. Um, but like I said, it's not all of us, and it's not all of y'all that do food shooting. So it's just a small percentage, but they get all the attention. And it's just because there are no fathers in the home, basically. Right. There are no fathers in the home, mostly of the people that are doing this. Now, some of them do have fathers, but the majority of them don't. And that's, again, to do with the welfare system. Because as many kids as you have, you're going to get more money. And then the income tax is earned income tax is out of control. People are having 10, 11 kids just to get all of this earned income tax credit back. They don't know who the father is. I know a girl right now with 13 kids. And she's about 32 years old. Like, what is wrong with you? Right. And they do it for earned income tax. And they do it for... Montgomery housing. They get another place. They rent this place out that they're getting for free. It, nobody checks on this. It's just ridiculous. And that's the problem. The ones of us that I get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, I don't get home till 7 o'clock at night. I work. My, everybody in my family works. Everybody I know works. Some people mm-hmm. don't. And that's the problem. They're broke and they're poor and they need money. So of course they're going to rob you. Yep. What is Sweet that for me. them to do? You make great points, and please, and please, please call again. Please call again, because it, it is. I think we can come to the agreement of a lot of it is is cultural, and the government has caused cultural decay, and and they're causing it in everybody's community. And um, yeah, great points. You're right. I don't, and I don't want anything that we ever say here to be framed as we're talking about everybody. All the time, and I hope we don't come across that way. Sweet D, we appreciate it's you. It's coming across that way, I promise you. Everything I'm talking about when I'm saying it. Not when I can't help the when callers. I'm just talking about when I say it. No, 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 when you say it. Oh, well, when you I apologize. It yesterday, it came across as very vitriol and very encompassing of all black people. And yes, I was offended. That's why I didn't call yesterday. Today, I've cooled down to let you know. Just, you know, make a distinction. It's not all of us. It's the subculture. It's not the culture. It's the subculture. Okay? Right, well, we've only got one minute, sweetie, but I've got to ask this. So why aren't there more people saying what you're saying? Because they don't care. I'll take that. Thanks, sweetie. They Appreciate you. Yes, ma'am. Be careful out there. Let's go on out to uh, JJ. Welcome to the program, JJ. Hey, Scott. Hey, JJ. What's going on? Real quick. Real quick, because I know you're running a long time and folks are waiting. Uh, you know, I think one thing your show has proved today, and I, I've just been blessed by it, really, is that reasonable voices have been drowned out so much, and y'all are giving people an opportunity, whether black or white or whatever, to, you know, have their voice heard. And we're finding out from that that we are all pretty much the same. Reasonable people are pretty much the same. Uh, Sweet Pea, I just love her. No wonder she has that nickname. And Pink Man and Gina, they, you know, they're like me and you. And I think uh, most of the people in their community probably are too, but they brought out examples of what they have experienced with other folks in their lives and people they know in their community. But I just, I just think it proves that we're all made in God's image, and he, he, care, he loves us all equally. And I'm just 
been so blessed by them and all your callers. One quick thing, and I'll go. Uh, I've also been blessed by the folks in Dadeville. You know, you see the the first group that I saw on the news when it happened was this huge group of yes, white folks. They came out to pray for the victims, and it it tells me that that small community uh, is is kind of one. They might not live, you know, right in the same little communities. They might have different communities, but it tells me that they care about those people who were hurt. They care about the victims, and they truly are praying for them and and trying, um, you know, trying to help them. Same with the. Same with the mayor and all of those people. It's just very, very refreshing to see that people are not, uh, I, you know, they've denied the national news media the opportunity to show rioting and looting and screaming and marching. These are people in Alabama who we know are Alabama people, and we live together for the most part that way on a daily basis, and I think we're blessed for it, and I hope we don't lose it. And I just want to just, uh, again, say thanks to you for giving those folks the opportunity. Thank you, Jose. I appreciate it. Very, very kind words. Thank you so much uh, for joining us on this episode of Alabama Unfiltered.